Hello everyone, it's Kathy with Backyard Columbus and today's episode I would like to talk about native plants. While that probably does not sound like much fun to talk about, it is very important and I will share with you why. If you are a person that is thinking about starting a pollinator garden this year, attracting butterflies and that kind of thing, then native plants are very important. So you may have seen online all of the chatter about native plants, hashtag plant natives and all that kind of thing, or maybe that's just my Instagram feed. But the reason it's important is because uh, native plants is simply put a species that has naturally occurred in the region which it's found basically forever. Okay. So in the United States, a great example of that, and especially here in Ohio, is a black-eyed Susan. If you don't know what that looks like, look it up. But it is a, a wildflower prairie plant. And A native plant is genetically hardwired to understand the weather conditions like it's hot or cold or wet or dry and all that kind of thing. So the simple matter is they require less babying versus if you got an exotic species of a rose, a rose rose that typically grows in Asia, then you're going to have to have a lot more considerations if you plant that in Ohio, like with pest control, keeping it watered what it needs and all that kind of thing, if that makes sense. So also what's important is a flower, let's just stick with flowers right now, a flower that has occurred naturally in Ohio for forever is already, uh, the bees and butterflies already know about it, okay? So if you want to attract bees and butterflies, then you need to plant flowers that they're already familiar with. Now that does not mean you can't plant zinnias, for example. I am probably the biggest biggest zinnia freak you're ever going to meet. Those are native to the Southwest United States. They grow all over the United States, but they produce pollen and nectar every single day. So my bees and butterflies love them. But uh, if you can get native to the United States, groovy. If you can get something that's native to your particular state, even better. So the birds, bees, butterflies, moths, bats, those are all pollinators. They have developed over the hundreds and thousands of years to know what's available to them in their area. So they have these little symbiotic relationships. So that's the importance of native plants. Okay. You are helping the wildlife in the area that's used to what's being in their area and also making it easier on yourself, not wasting money on something that's going to be much harder and more temperamental to grow. Now, the next thing is there is a difference between, and and look, this is all how far down in the weeds you want to go with how technical you want to be and how much information you want to know, but I'm kind of sharing the whole ball of wax about native plants to the best of my ability. So there is native and non-native, obviously. So uh, it either grew here or it didn't. So there's native, exotic, or invasive. So maybe you hear those things tossed around. Native would be like a black-eyed Susan. Exotic would be like an Asiatic lily, like a stargazer lily or a rose from Asia. Okay. So exotic, while it may not uh, feed the local bee and butterfly population, let's just stick with that, but it's not going to cause any damage. Okay, so it's not going to overtake an area. An example of the next uh, worst thing I'll say is an invasive. So a perfect example of an invasive species is honeysuckle. Now there is a native Ohio bush honeysuckle, and that's not what I'm talking about. 
Amur honeysuckle, A-M-U-R. Amur honeysuckle is the crap. While the flowers are really sweet and they smell really good, that's the honeysuckle that overtakes a whole fence line or overtakes a whole area in the back of your yard if you have more space than most people. Although I'll tell you, in our suburban backyard, I have found it a lot. So it, it looks like this little viney shrub starting to pop up in places. So it must have gotten dropped by a bird somewhere. I, To be truthful with you, I'm not sure if it gets a berry on it or not. I'm almost assuming that it does. But that is an example of an invasive species. And what an invasive species does, it is is it overtakes an area and crowds out what was naturally occurring. Okay. Kind of like uh, in the bird world, you could say um, sparrows, the European sparrows and grackles and uh, starlings. So those birds come in and will overtake the feeder and crowd out all the little birds that you want to see. So anyway, the importance of natives, if you can add those into your yard, you will be far better off. And I will uh, share with you that if you wanted to learn a little bit more about this, Doug Tallamy is an entomologist, a well-regarded champion of backyard restoration. So across the country, all of the fields and natural areas are more and more being overtaken by commercial projects, suburban sprawl. So the homegrown national park concept is that each of us with our suburban backyards, we can all connect together and kind of create a national park of sorts. Are you with me? So if you can imagine the map of the United States and all of our little houses together kind of would constitute, butted up against each other, one big long stretch of a national park. So planting native in your own yard can do a lot of good. I think that Doug had something like an 80-20 rule. If that's not exactly right, the point is still the same. Plant 80% native, 20% non-native. Look, not that anybody asked me about this, but it would be amazing to me if you just did 50-50 or even 20-80. Most people, when you drive through the neighborhoods, they have a couple of bushes that aren't native. They don't produce flowers or berries. They have one oak tree which look, oak trees are amazing. They actually support over 400 species of moths and butterflies. They use that, it's a host plant for uh, several species of moths and butterflies. So, but besides the one big tree, they don't have any native flowers. They don't have any native fruit bearing bushes, which means it also had a flower on it. And if we could just incorporate one small corner of our yard, and look, I'm talking like, 15 to 20 square feet, okay? If we all just did that, it would be amazing. And it must be said that the reason that people say, gosh, I used to see butterflies, and I say this all the time, this example, I used to see butterflies all the time when I was little, but I don't anymore. Well, we don't because they don't have any habitat left. And what's great about butterflies is they don't need recovered forests and great big tracts of land. They just need flowers. So if we all planted a couple species of native flowers, and look, I'd be so, I'll say bold as to say two, you know, a black-eyed Susan and, now look, I'm not going to be able to think of something off the top of my head, a black-eyed Susan and a coneflower. Okay, a black-eyed Susan and a species of milkweed. So you could go to any local nursery and say, hey, I want to start planting native because I want to attract more butterflies. And I usually use the example of butterflies because 
most people love butterflies. If you went to a local nursery, and I'm not talking about a Lowe's or a Home Depot, here in central Ohio, I'm talking about Scioto Gardens, uh, Oakland Nursery, Groovy Plants Ranch, places like that, and say, hey, I want to start a butterfly garden. What are two species of native flowers that you could help me find? That would be amazing. And they'll tell you or ask you, do you want it for shade? Do you want it for sun? Because all those things kind of matter, okay? So if you just start with one thing and little by little, you just add a little bit more as your time and interest and funds allow, then we are going to have no problem seeing more butterflies in the future. So again, I thank you for listening. If you have any further questions about native plants, feel free to send me a message on any of the various platforms or kathy at backyardcolumbus.com. Thank you.